host are their own genre, these familiar faces that guide us through the shadowy and sometimes schlocky hallways of fright films are our buddies. They're our friends helping us laugh at the scary and sometimes giving us neat factoids about the freakazoids we're seeing. It's rare when a horror host gets so big that they become an icon to the levels we've seen of Elvira and Zachary, but it's even rarer when a moniker can get passed on and still be the host with the most for over 50 years. That, my friends, is a legend. And in this episode of What the Fuck Happened to This Horror Celebrity, we're going to dodge some rubber chickens and open the coffin of the legend that is Sven Gulli. Sven Gulli began as a voice only in 1971. Originated by Jerry G. Bishop, Sven Gulli was a creepy voice that would be heard during Screaming Yellow Theater in Chicago on television station WFLD. Spinguli had a sort of sound-alike voice to Bella Lugosi. Well, before I answer any question, Jack, uh, let me tell you it's a very pleasant surprise coming back after eight months from England. This was a choice motivated because the first episode of the series was Lugosi's Ghosts on the Loose. Screaming Yellow Theater was a funky and funny creature feature fest, and eventually Bishop went in front of the camera as Spinguli in the flesh. In this iteration, Sven looked like a bizarre hippie with green hair and a green goatee. He was deathly pale and had an arsenal of killers puns. Also some killer music as the original show featured Link Ray's Rumble and it rocked. Spinguli had a trippy painted coffin and a bevy of characters who would show up during broadcasts. Most of these characters were voiced or acted by either Bishop or crew who were doing double duty. The Lugosi accented voice remained and Spinguli became a hit. If you're wondering where the name came from, yes, the creature known as a ghoul was half of it. The Sven part came from Svengali, the mesmerist hypnotist villain from literature, who was brought to creepy and awesome life by John Barrymore in 1931. Granted, Svengali did have long hair and a goatee, so I can sort of see it. Bishop's reign as Svengali ran from 1970 to 73, and during that time, a young man by the name of Rich Coase began corresponding with the show and garnered the attention of Bishop. Coase was funny, talented, and an artist in both words and design. Bishop asked him to join the crew on the series, and the rest became history, which we'll get into now. Spinguli's original run ended in 73, but Bishop and Coase remained friends and worked together on other projects through the 70s in the Chicago area. In 1978, Jerry Bishop left Chicago for California, and it was that year that he passed the ghoul, if you will. Rich Coase took on the moniker of Son of Spinguli with the blessing of Bishop. That's sort of a pun. Son of Spinguli began his haunting of TV screens in 1979, and it started with Jerry Bishop in voiceover introducing his quote-unquote son, and the first film shown was called in the year 2889, a strange TV movie of the week featuring mutants and miserable people. Rich Coase as son of Spinguli sported a top hat and had black makeup on his cheeks and around his eyes, giving him a bit of a skeletal face. He had long black hair and a suit. He would also appear out of a coffin to introduce the night's film while conversing with some off-camera voices and giving tidbits of info about the movie about to be shown. Spinguli was definitely the rock star of horror hosts. Son of Spinguli also had an accent similar to Dear Old Dad's. Creature from the Black Lagoon returns today at 3 o'clock for The Creature Walks Among Us. Take a look at him right now. The format was the same with Son of Spinguli, doing puns, jokes, and giving info on the film itself. Carryover characters from the original Spinguli run would include Durwood the dummy. Durward had the green hair and appearance of the original Spinguli in his hippie form, and he kept it for Son of Spinguli, only now Rich Coase would be the voice of the dummy. Doug Graves would show up from time to time and was actually the show's musical director, Doug Schraff. In some picks, the character reminded me of Zoot from The Muppets, but maybe I'm crazy. 
probably one of the most amazing and slightly dangerous moments to happen during the Sun is Fenguli run was the appearance of John Pertwee from Doctor Who in 1984. Pertwee was appearing at the TARDIS 21 convention, which had a number of iconic guest cast members, including second Dr. Patrick Troughton in attendance. Pertwee emerged from Spinguli's coffin, and due to him being a fairly tall gent, promptly knocked down some of the set with his exclamation of, I am the Doctor! The Smith. The Doctor John Smith. It's a great bit of 80s nostalgia to see two icons like this cross over. Son of Stinguli would run until 1986 and would become a massive hit and spawn a rabid, bloodthirsty fan base. During its run, it would show the classic Revenge of the Creature, the Creature from the Black Lagoon sequel, and one of the first on-screen appearances of Clint Eastwood. I know what you're thinking. In 3D, during a wave of these classic screenings happening, the mask... Okay. No, no, not that one. And the original Creature from the Black Lagoon as well were showing up on TV stations with the gimmick as a number of feature films were using it again. Thanks, Jaws 3D and Friday the 13th. Son of Spinguli would also snag a couple of Midwest Emmys in 1980 and 81 for its astounding achievement for entertainment programming. Son of Spinguli would also be aired outside of Chicago, hitting stations across the country from the East and West Coast, which meant that Fingbase was growing even more. Coase did a ton of work on the series, doing art and writing, including all the research on the films being showcased. When Son of Spinguli ended in 86, Coase moved on to the Coase Zone in 1989. The series was a mashup of Coase doing a bunch of characters including the sometimes appearance of Sunguli, mixed with cartoons, slapstick, and a lot of Three Stooges love. In 1994, WCIU brought Sunguli back. This time, Jerry Bishop deemed it time for Coase's Finn to grow up and take over the name Sans the Sun. Svengoolie returned and Coase once again was doing art and writing besides multiple characters. Berwin was back and the mighty reign of rubber chickens began. The show was a hit again and in 2011, something happened that would make Svengoolie's non-rubber chicken holding grasp expand beyond the grave. And that was me TV. Weigel Broadcasting, who owned WCIU, had created a nostalgia dream factory with me TV. The network is carried across the country and showcases classic TV shows and films, as well as more modern classics. With MeTV's library, Svengoolie got a healthy helping of a new film content as well. It was a long-hoped for advance for Coase and the team at Weigel. In 2013, the coffin, which had been with the series from way back when, was replaced with a new updated model. Coase had painted the first coffin that Bishop had started with himself. The original coffin was donated to the Chicago Museum of Broadcast Communications. Sadly, that same year, Jerry Bishop, the first Fenguli, passed away from a heart attack at the age of 77. You'll see a framed image of Jerry as the original Sfinguli in the background every so often as a tribute. Sfinguli on MeTV's popularity kept growing, with fans from the early days rediscovering the top-hatted host again, thanks to the reach of the network. The addition of social media also allowed fans to live-tweet, not sure how much longer that specific method will last, with hashtags celebrating Sven and the movies being shown. It's always neat to see the old ghoul meet the new school like that. Famous faces started asking if they could drop in on the show. Just a few names who have appeared on Spinguli were the late Gilbert Gottfried, who was a well-known horror buff and showed up on about six episodes, Dana Gould, who would appear as his alter ape ego, Dr. Z, Trace Bulow and Frank Conniff, the Mads from MST3K, which was inspired greatly by Spinguli. Mark Ruffalo was interviewed during a Spinguli on the Road segment where he choked chicken, <coughs> Uh, and told Finn he used to watch him growing up in Wisconsin. 
In 2016, a music video, Swinguli Stomp, was released by Freddie Boom Boom Cannon, which had a ton of celebrities stomping on chickens and boogieing out, including David Dasmelchin and Bill Curtis. And all of them are doing a Swinguli Stomp, they get the stomp. Svengoolie has won numerous Rondo Hatton Awards since his return in the 90s for Favorite Horror Host and in 2021 was inducted into the Rondo Hatton Monster Kids Hall of Fame. In 2022, Svengoolie got a spin-off. That's a pun. With Sventuni, a rather bizarrely awesome series hosted by Sventuni. Tuni, the puppet host of Tune In With Me, the MeTV cartoon series. Welcome, fools and ghouls, to the very first annual Sventuni Halloween. The show was actually shot on the Spingoli set, with Sventuni giving running commentary on his choice of movie. Sventuni has his own sidekick in Blob E Blob. Sventuni does skits and makes his own edits of classic horror films. Sventuni also shows bits from older Sventuni ghoulie episodes as well. It's not really a kid's show, but I think it's a sneaky way to get youngins into the horror genre or give them fever dream-like nightmares of doom. Either way, it's a win. Spinguli will show up as well as other characters like Trevor Ground, an undead video store clerk. It airs after Spinguli on Saturday nights. Spinguli is one of those greats who has managed to cross over decades in media to keep the love of both comedy and horror movies alive-ish. Rich Coes keeps ducking the chickens and being celebrated by fans and peers alike. Svengoolie appeared alongside another iconic horror host on The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, and fans exploded in glee and bone fragments. So here's to Svengoolie. May the chickens keep flying and the jokes keep zinging forever. We'll keep the air lanes clear for you, Svengoolie.